Think of your career as a video game. No one ever sat down at a video game and three hours later went, ooh, I made it to the end. You hit something that seems impenetrable and you hit it and you hit it again until you figure out how to get past it. And guess what? There's another obstacle behind it, another obstacle. So you will fail your way forward. You will fail your way to success. Thrive Friends, this is your host, Dr. Solomon. How to increase your wealth during times of uncertainty. Today, I'm joined by the former vice chairman of Deloitte and NASDAQ company CEO who have raised hundreds of millions of dollars for startups. He's a TEDx speaker and an author of Disrupt You, Amazon best-selling book published in 10 different languages. And today we'll be talking about his latest book, Future Proofing You. Dsamet, welcome on Thrive. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to have you, and thank you for accepting the invitation. Let's start with the title of the book. What do you mean by future-proofing you? So we live in an era of endless innovation. You see 100-year-old companies replaced overnight by startups. You see over the next five years, half of all jobs in the U.S. will disappear. Mm -hmm. So the skill set that got you to where you are in life may not make you future-proof meaning that whatever changes happen to our economy, uh, whatever changes to industry. For years after Disrupt You, I explained to people that whether by choice or circumstance, every career gets disrupted. Post-pandemic, I don't have to make that argument anymore. Everybody now sees that things outside of their control can happen. But there are a series of skills that you can have and develop that will make you future-proof. Speaking of this, Jay, what are some of these skills that you think will make people future-proof? So the first one is mindset. If you don't have a positive mindset, you're not going to accomplish anything. And mm -hmm. so in the book, I not only explain this, but I set out to prove it by doing an experiment that I, to the best of my knowledge, has never been done before. I took a young immigrant who grew up on welfare and I mentored him one day a week for a year. Mm -hmm. I gave him no capital, introduced him to no business contacts, didn't tell him what to do. And he had to start a business that took zero dollars. Mm -hmm. And he went from welfare to self-made millionaire in under a year by following the 12 truths in the book. So it shows that anyone at any stage of life can thrive and we just don't teach people how to do it. So I felt my way of paying it forward was to show people how they could achieve the success that they want with their life. This is an intriguing experiment. I remember in your book, you suggested that two elements are the road to building future wealth. Insight and perseverance. Everything else can be hired. <laughs> Insight can be taught. Where do, where do new ideas, where are opportunities? How do you find them? How do you make that happen? And I teach people how to do that. And there's exercises. By the way, I have free workbooks for both of my books. Just go to jsamet.com, download them, and you can start working on your future today. I'm not trying to sell anything. I've had a blessed life. I've yeah. gotten to work with dozens of self-made billionaires. I see a pattern, and I see that it can be taught. Perseverance in Future Proofing You, I really show you how to up that to really passion. Because passion will get you through the tough times. It isn't a easy task. Mm -hmm. It's easy, everybody be doing it. But it's mm -hmm. not with outside of your grasp or your reach. And mm -hmm. that's what people need to know. Um, most of today's wealthy people did not inherit it. There used to be a self-made billionaire every 48 hours. During the pandemic, that's now accelerated the self-made billionaire every 20 six hours, almost one a day. So what are those people doing differently than you? You know, how are they putting their time to use? What connections do they see? Your smartphone 
is one click away from 7 billion customers. You only have to be right for a nanosecond to make a million dollars or change the world. So how are people doing this? What opportunities are out there? And why are there new opportunities every single day? Smarter people don't end up wealthier. People that go to four-year universities don't end up wealthier. But those people that are persistent, those people that start each day with a positive mindset, I'll tell you the simplest trick, something I've done for years. I say two things in the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. Today can be better than yesterday, and I have the power to make it so. And as silly and hokey as that may sound, biologically, here's what it does. It lights up the synaptic nerves. It releases the hormones that give us positivity. It then makes us more personal to be with people, better salespeople, better in relationships, happier. So if you walk around with that cloud, oh, I have a problem, I have a problem, I have a problem, you wouldn't see a solution because the way that I know this is the problems are your solutions. Entrepreneurs don't sell things, they solve problems. When you solve for a few people, you have friends, solve for a bunch of people, you become wealthy. So if you have problems, you're halfway to the road to success. Problems are the solutions. Problems are obstacles are merely opportunity in disguise. Think about all the various things. Someone sitting in traffic go, I hate traffic. That's a complaint. Or somebody else said, wait a second. The phone company knows where my phone is and knows where the other guy's phone is. Tells him to go right and me to go left. There's no more traffic. That was the basis of Waze. They sold for over a billion dollars with zero revenue. Too many people have this mindset that money is, I have to take your money. You know, if I buy a banana for a dollar and I sell it to you for a dollar, that's how money's made. While mathematically accurate, that's not how wealth is created. Wealth is created by actually making money, literally from thin air, money that wasn't made by the Federal Reserve or by a government. So if I said, hey, I'm starting a new company, I'll sell you 10% for $10,000. What do I now have? 10,000 in cash and 90,000 in stock. 90,000 that was made out of thin air that I could hire people with, I can buy things with, I could trade things, I can buy other companies. That's how wealth is created. That's why you have self-made billionaires in their early 20s. Kylie Jenner, 22. And you say, well, she was famous and came from a famous family. The time she made her billion, there were no billionaires in her family. So what was she doing differently? This brings me to the question, many people enjoyed both elements of insight and persistence, but few people reach the level of Gates and say Roger Federer in tennis. What do you think is the difference? So to, to reach the, 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 the Bill Gates level, the, the Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs, all, mm -hmm. all, all men as you know that I've worked with, you have to have an insane, insatiable drive because it's not rational, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get past the 100 million, what are you gonna buy, right? You know, there's really no point. But what drove Bill Gates wasn't money. What drives Elon Musk wasn't money. What drive Steve Jobs wasn't money. And that's why they ended up with so much of it. Bill Gates literally had a vision of a computer in every household and what that could do to the world, okay? And when he retired, here's the proof of what drives Bill. He had enough money to set up the foundation, write checks to charity and, and go fishing or something else. But when a friend of his said, Bill, it's nice to go down in history as the richest man in the world, but wouldn't it be cool to be the first man to wipe out a disease on the planet? No one's ever had the brains to do that. Now his competitiveness of 
how can I solve something? How can I do something? How can I create something? And that's what he's been doing with polio and now trying to find clean water solutions and all these other things. It's about solving massive problems. I didn't want to run another company, but one, one of my engineers from 20 years ago came to me with an idea of how he could take all the poison out of the food by having little robots go up and down the fields to get rid of the weeds instead of herbicides. I felt a moral obligation to help. And so I stepped in as, as executive chairman and now Greenfield Robotics is literally making farmers more money, taking poisons out of our food, taking poisons out of the environment, healthy food, healthy planet. So it wasn't having another successful company that drove me to do that. It's what impact can we have? The purpose of life is to live a life of purpose. And if you want to know the secret to happiness, because I know a lot of miserable millionaires and billionaires, it's the impact you have on others. It's how your products make people feel. Solve for others to solve for yourself. And that's where happiness lies. So when my kids were raised, when I was done running companies, when it wasn't about me and mine, I was lost. I didn't want to run another company or do another thing. Been there, done that. But when I realized that I had a skill set, you know, where I could teach this to people, I volunteered and taught at the largest engineering school in the country, and I had students do over $100 million in a semester. I started traveling the world and teaching governments how to encourage entrepreneurship, because here's the secret. Here's what drives me. Mm -hmm. You can't have democracy without a strong middle class. There's yes. never been a war between two countries that have a McDonald's, okay? So when I looked what happened in this nation's capital in January, what I saw was thousands of people feeling left out, left behind, scrambling over the leftovers of society because the promise that they bought into of you get a good job, you get a pension, you retire and live happily after, that disappeared a long time ago. Wages for workers have been flat since 1982. So if you're in debt, if you're broke, if your job is just paying you enough to show up but not enough to live, if you're just paying bills till you die, there has to be something better to life. And so I'm trying to pay it forward by teaching people how to do it. I'm not selling seminars, I'm not selling coaching, I'm not selling anything. The publisher gets money for a book, they do distribution. You know, so for the price of a frappuccino and a donut, change your life. That's, you know, that's that's the deal. But when I took this young man and I saw somebody who didn't believe in himself, who didn't have a positive mindset, who didn't understand how to leverage fear and make it an asset, I watched that transformation. I saw it. And when in his first month he made over $60,000, he was a new person in 30 days. And most people don't believe this, but that voice in your head that tells you that you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. Whoever you were yesterday, when you woke up to today, you don't have to be that same person. And the second you realize, that's why I wrote Disrupt You, to teach people to change themselves. Everybody thinks of changing the world, but they don't think of changing themselves. The second you realize that you're malleable and you can change, changing your financial situation is easy. Changing your society is easy. The change starts with you. The change starts with you. One of the things that caught my eyes in your book is you suggest in order for people to be wealthy and to take advantage of opportunities, they need to be first in a niche. And you have implemented this yourself throughout your career. My question is how to be the first in a time where every field seems saturated. So you don't have to be the first to make wealth. What I literally am saying is the easiest way to do it uh -huh. is to fill a void 
and be first. Yes. Right? When I got out of college and I applied for my first job, I go, wait a second. Every other person applying for this job because it already exists has mm -hmm. more experience. Mm -hmm. The world's stacked against you. There's always any day, even at this stage of my life, I am absolutely positive. There is somebody smarter. There is somebody better connected, somebody wealthier, somebody with more experience, somebody better looking, somebody that I just hate whoever that person is, right? I'm not them. But if you go do something that nobody else is doing, by definition, you're the best of the world at it. Mm -hmm. So how do you do this? Well, I'll explain what we did with this, this young, young man from welfare. He grew up like many millennials in social media. He thought he knew about it and he wanted to do social media marketing for other people. Well, there's probably 20 million people doing that. And if he's alone, you know, basically with no worth, you're not suddenly going to get a call from Coca-Cola, please handle our social media. So I said, look at what's happening in the news. What's a new topic or field that people were talking about? And now market yourself as the best social media person for that industry, for a new industry that nobody's doing. Nobody else has put their, their flag in the sand and said, I'm Columbus, right? So he looked around and that was the year the Bitcoin went from a thousand to skyrocket. So he said his agency does cryptocurrency marketing. And at that moment in history, 3000 different coins were racing to come out, Ethereum, this one and that one. So the second he said that, he got a client because he, the client couldn't find anybody else that does social media marketing for crypto. Doesn't mean other people couldn't, they weren't positioning themselves. Now you kill it for that client. You do amazing work for that client and you have what they call at Harvard Business School, a case study. You can now show every other client, look what I did for him. So if your first client is paying you $1,000 a month and you make them millions of dollars, your second client doesn't blink an eye at paying you $30,000 a month or $50,000 a month. And deal structure, I teach you how to structure the deal so you get the upside that you're creating. And that's all that you see people do. And so if you believe the world is stagnant, that your father was a, was a farmer and his father was a farmer and his father was a farmer and there's no new ideas and no new inventions, yeah, you're gonna have a miserable life because here's what's happening. Everything that can be automated is being automated. When we raise minimum wage, it's not a political statement. I sit in boardrooms, I've been a public CEO. That just says, let's automate more things. I went to McDonald's CEO in the 1980s when I noticed that their cash register was little pictures, a little Coke, a medium Coke, a big Coke, and the average person buying a McDonald's had greater literacy than their average employee. So why not put a touchscreen and just let the customer do it? No errors. They're like, why would we do that? Why would we spend that money? We pay people, you know, a, a dollar seventy-nine an hour. Well, fast forward to fifteen dollars an hour, and now there's an app for that, right? The second uh, Domino's figured out to be app-centric, that the customer places their order, that you can get insights from seeing who does what and when and where and how. It replaces tons of jobs, makes the company stock go through the roof. So everybody goes, yeah, we get self-driving cars, truck driving jobs are gonna go away. Well, AI systems, you're gonna see most accounting jobs go away, most middle management jobs go away, most lawyer jobs go away. Um, you're in medical, you have an advantage. There's, there's such a shortage because the baby boomers retiring, it's a shortage of 100,000 doctors. It won't be the doctors are going away, but doctors will be less responsible for your healthcare, as we'll have wearables that will alert us so you don't 
get told that you're going to have a heart attack when it's too late and your arteries are clogged. You're told, you know, by your app, what's going on daily. So in all this endless change, you only have to find one thing that you can make easier, one person's life better. And I'll give you one of my favorite stories in, in Future Proofing You because it was so simple. Every parent can relate to this. It's a school night, it's late at night, your child's making a big poster board for their presentation that's due tomorrow, and they mess it up. And they're crying and they're upset, please, mommy, mommy, go back to the store and get me a new poster board. And you go out and you get it. And this time before you give it to your, your daughter, this woman said, you know, I'm not going to do this twice. She took a ruler and she made very fine lines on the poster board so that her daughter could write straight. And in the morning she thought about this. Why does nobody sell poster board with lines on it? Make a long story short, she and her sister-in-law got a patent. They went to companies that already sell, already have distribution. If you watch Shark Tank, it's a licensed model like Mr. Wonderful. And they make $5 million or more. No employees, don't have to leave the house. One insight and acting on it. Ideas are worthless. Mm -hmm. Acting on them is where the value comes from. So why not teach people that this isn't outside of their reach? There, were, there was a, 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 a woman who uh, got a sales job down in Florida of a stuffy company that required her to wear pantyhose. And Florida's humid and sticky and you want to wear sandals and you can't have pantyhose and your toes looking weird. And make a long story short, she plays around with it and she comes up with an idea. She doesn't have $2, well, she had $2 to her name, but she didn't have any money. So she literally went to Barnes and Noble and bought patents for dummies. She wrote her own patent and Sarah Blakely Spanks have made her a billionaire. That's how it's done. What's stopping you? There are first time millionaires that didn't become millionaires till they're 80. There's first time millionaires in their 20s. The choice is yours, not society. There's plenty of money out there. Most people aren't taught how to get it, how to get investment, how to set it up, what the steps are. So if we can take away that mystery, I mean, we spend all this time in high school learning trigonometry. That really, does it help you during trigonometry season? I don't know. I mean, we don't teach people how to have success. We don't teach people how to be happy. I mean, John Lennon had the, had the greatest line ever. Uh, he once said that his teacher said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. And she said, you don't understand the question. And he said, you don't understand life. So why not help people to succeed? So if you go back to that idea that we create wealth, that it's not me taking from you, now you get away from that scarcity mentality, that doggy dog that we're all fighting for the same scraps. And you suddenly live with the mind that there is abundance. And here's what the pandemic gave us as an advantage. As bad as it was, some good things came out of it. With remote working, you no longer are limited to hire the best people that live within five, 10 miles of you. You can hire the best people in the world. Your customers don't have to be five, 10 miles from you. They can be anywhere. You don't have to live in a major city or an expensive, small little apartment to make a good living. You can live anywhere you want. You can be a digital nomad and do each month in a different place. I see young people that, that are enjoying life while they're living it and not waiting till they're on the wrong side of 60 to finally see this beautiful world and experience life. I mean, what type of deal is that that you work your butt up for 60 till you're 65 and then, then you know, ooh, life's wonderful and die. 
why not get the most out of every day, every moment? So yes, I teach people how to make money, but it's not about the money. It's about the freedom and the impact that it lets you do to live the purpose that you decide. Thank you for sharing this, Jay. And before we move on to the next question, we'd like to ask the audience watching us to check Jay Simon's website. He is the author of Disrupt You and Future Proofing You. Both are terrific books. I remember you saying one of your interviews that 150 millionaires doubled their wealth. Under the 150 wealthiest people in the U.S. doubled their wealth over the past 12 months. That is during the pandemic, just to right. put it in, in perspective. And to put it in perspective, that doesn't mean they doubled what they make in a year. They doubled everything they had up until that point. Um, it was it was a great example. So uh, Elon Musk, I obviously uh, know Elon and wrote about him in Disrupt You. And when I was updating for the new uh, Italian edition that, that comes out this year, I was looking, well, five years ago, Elon Musk was a very, very successful human being and was worth $7 billion. Five years later, Elon Musk is a very successful human being worth $200 billion. What is he doing differently? Right? Um, and these people, because I've known so many of them before they were these household names. Now, if you would have told me growing up as a, as a kid in Philadelphia, and dad's a public school teacher, that dozens of people that I know would become billionaires, I didn't even know what a millionaire was. I had no idea what any of this was. And yes, some of these people, super, super bright, but some just persistent. The only person that can stop you is you. When you go to try to do something, when you go to try to raise money, when, when somebody tells you no, the only person they're telling you no is to themselves. They're saying you can't do this opportunity with them, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't do it. And that, that, that basic mindset, the 12 truths when you read the book, none of them were rocket science that hit you like, wow, I never knew that. I better get a PhD. You were like, okay, that's common sense. Why didn't I apply it that way? And it's it's applying these things. So nothing's outside of the grasp of somebody that wants it. Jay, as this wonderful episode is coming to an end, I'll ask you the question I ask every guest on Thrive. We all had setbacks and we managed somehow to go from striving to thriving. Why don't you share one of yours for inspiration and motivation and how did you overcome it? Oh, I, I have endless ones. Uh, the one that I start off disrupt you is probably the one that comes top of mind. So go back in time. It's, it's uh, the 1980s. Uh, computers are basically a green screen with little words on them or whatever. And I had made a kiosk for the lotteries. California was going to get the lottery. And the company that already had kiosks in other states had a little green screen and you type in the number and that's your lottery machine. My lottery machine had a motion detector. So when you walked by, I went, what would you do with a million dollars? It was in six different languages. It had video moving on the screen showing you wealthy lifestyle. It, it had every bell and whistle. It had scrolling LEDs with how much the, the prize was. Mine was the better machine. Now, unknown to me at this time, later because of FBI secret uh, video I found out, my competition gave a state senator $50,000 in a suitcase. So when that little stupid machine of mine went up for the meeting to decide which one, the other guys won. Now, I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't understand how to raise money. I didn't understand business. I didn't understand anything. I had the better mousetrap and I thought the better guy wins. So I had maxed out my credit cards to make this thing to get up to Sacramento. I had fully committed everything and more. And now I didn't get it. I was broke. I was so broke that when I landed at LAX to come home, I didn't have enough money to take a cab. There were no Ubers back then or anything. And LA bus system, you need a PhD to figure it out because nobody ever has taken the buses here. So they used to have these nice little old ladies who would sit at the information desk and would tell visitors how to do this. But by the time I got back that night, those desks were closed. I was crestfallen. I put all my money into the machine nobody wanted and I couldn't even get home. And then I said, wait a second. These ladies are only here for part of the day. There's travelers 24 hours a day. There's travelers that speak 50 languages that come through LA. So there's 50 million people that come through each day. What if you put kiosks in airports? Well, next time you visit the airport, think of me when you go get your boarding pass without having to talk to a person and you do everything. So there's always another door to open. There's always a way around every obstacle. Think of your career as a video game. No one ever sat down at a video game and three hours later went, ooh, I made it to the end. You hit something that seems impenetrable and you hit it and you hit it again until you figure out how to get past it. And guess what? There's another obstacle behind it, another obstacle. So you will fail your way forward. You will fail your way to success. That's how Jeff Bezos could lose money year after year after year after year for over a decade with Amazon and come out the other side as the richest man in history. So I believe in you. I know you can do it. And I thank you for taking your precious time to join us today. What a pleasure to have you on Thrive. Thank you for having me. Audience watching us today, if you haven't done this already, open a new tab, check Jay Samet's website and check his new book on Amazon and his website. And until we meet next time, keep safe, keep motivated, keep resilient and see you in the next episode of Thrive. Thank you.